All right. Well, if you got your Bibles, let's get right into this this morning. And uh, I'm going to just actually continuing on. I kind of thought we were going to get back into what the, we were talking about a while ago, but the Lord just kept stirring me up and bringing me back to just this reminder again to remind the troops to stay in victory. And that's what he told me a little over a week ago to talk to us as a church family. Remind the troops. Remember, yes, God is a family. Like we just talked about what we're just witnessing, even the testimony. God takes the lonely places of in families. But we're also part of a military. The word church, ecclesia, is actually a military term as well. And part of that is we are an army. And so for you and I, this is what, what I believe the Lord was telling us as a church family, just to remind us again to stay in victory. Can you say it with me? Stay in victory. Meaning what? All the things that are happening in the external, all the natural circumstances that draw us to pull you away from the victory that you and I have received since accepting Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. So again, I want to just take this opportunity this morning just to remind us of what Jesus has already done. Amen? And part of that too, and I mean, I'm, this is a, not part of the message, but next week, Sunday, we are going to be having our press-in night, our prayer night, and we're going to be doing this the first Sunday of every month um, at 6 o'clock. We're going to just come together as a church family, have some nice worship together, but just press in and just pray and really yield ourselves to the Spirit of God. And so we're going to be doing a lot of tongue talking in there. So if you're wondering, what's this tongue business? We'll come find out. We'll, we'll do it there. We, we, do it. we did it last week here. But if you want to know, this is who we are. We are a Bible-believing, tongue-speaking church that is not ashamed of Jesus, not ashamed of the Spirit of God, the gifts that he brings, the power that he has, the love that he demonstrates. This is who we is. So, hey. <laughs> so if you're like, that sounds a little bit weird. Well, come find out first because taste and see that the Lord is good. If it's ever really, because I mean, I've been in places before where it really was just weird, that's flesh. When it's God, it's, oh, it's overwhelming, it's amazing, it's, oh, that was Jesus, it's his presence. And so we're not looking to hype things up, we're looking for the tangible presence of God. And again, that's who we are here. You're not going to get anything fake from us, because what you see is what you get. All right. All right, let's get into this. So again, our response to everything that's going on in a natural place. And Revelation 12, 12, again, I want to give you this verse, this word. Again, I've taken this a little bit out of context. If you read this whole in context, this is talking about, I mean, the rapture's already taken place. We're out of here. But now there's this dragon that is here on this earth. He's been kicked out of the heavenlies, right? And he's been brought to this earth. And now he's there really to go after the nation of Israel. So if you really do a lot of study, that's this powerful. But there's just this little sentence in this that I just want to bring to your attention because the enemy is scared, the enemy is ticked off, and that is good. <laughs> now right here it says, Rejoice, you heavens, and every heavenly being. Why? Because again, the enemy, Satan, is out of that heavenly realm. Not heaven where God resides, the heavenly. There's three types of heaven that the Bible talks about. First, we have the atmospheric heaven, then we got the universe, and then we got heaven where God resides. Satan got kicked out of that. Never allowed access there again. You and I have complete and full access. Whoop, whoop. And now, so Satan's kicked out of this. Says, but woe to you, the earth and the sea, for the devil has come down to you with great fury. And now, this is just the part that I want us to, to emphasize, because he knows something. The enemy knows something. What does he know? He knows his time. Come on, let's just read it together. Just to, let's just remind him again. He knows his time is what? Short. How short? Short. Like two foot, one inch. Short. 
He knows he's got very little time left on this planet Earth. Now, what does he do? He is frustrated. Now, just, again, go from his perspective here for a minute. He is a fallen, created being that has been stripped completely of any power he had. Because it would be stripped. Nothing. Jesus, it says this in 1 John chapter 3 and verse 8, that Jesus came to destroy. Say it with me, destroy. Now, what's that word destroy? It literally means to obliterate. There's no sign of it left anywhere. He came to destroy the works of the enemy. Now, again, we're looking at it from his perspective here for a sec. He knows his time is short. So what's happening? He's a fallen being. He's not God. He's not a kind of God. He's a fallen angel, right, that is here. He's ticked off. He's frustrated. He can't get to God. So what happens? He goes after what God loves, which is people. That's his only access. So now he's frustrated. He's ticked off. He can't get to God, so he goes to people. He has no authority on this earth unless someone yields it to him. And, of course, we're on this planet. He's allowed to be here. There's a lot of people yielding to it, right? Hence the world, right? They're yielding to it. Thirdly now... But a church that is sold out and yielded completely to the Spirit of God has the authority and the power to stop everything he tries to bring into this planet. Think about that for a sec. The church, a yielded church, a church that's filled with and led by the Spirit of God, where the enemy had been trying things for generations, generations, had plans and plans and plans. All of a sudden, the church in one hour of prayer service kills everything he planned. For 30 years he planned that, and all of a sudden it's quenched in one hour service. Why is that? It's because God has given the church authority and place on this. So what a frustrated being he is. And then lastly... Above, I mean, there's plenty more in all this, but the greatest of all this, his ultimate and permanent place of residence is the lake of fire. And I'm not going to shed one tear. I'm not going to go, oh, bummer. We're going to celebrate. That punk is gone forever. Now, this is where he's going. So just see the frustration, the anger that he brings. He is in a fury. Because he's ticked off because, again, he knows his time is short. So because his time is short, what can he do on this earth? He puts on the pressure. Why? Because he's under pressure. That's all he's got. So what does he do? One of the tactics he brings on this earth is pressure. Pressure, pressure, pressure. Why pressure? Because he wants the pressure to get in. And again, once it gets in, and this is what we talk about all this whole entire summer, is guarding our heart. I'm the protector. I'm the guard of my heart. I choose what goes in my heart, correct? God is not in charge of that. Nobody else is in charge of that. I'm in charge of my heart. So the pressure that's going in, I can choose to yield to it, let it come in. And the purpose of all that pressure is to get you to snap, get you to leave your place of authority, leave your place of victory that God gave, purchased for you with his own blood. That's what the enemy wants is to get you out of authority. Why? Because the enemy knows authority and he has to follow it. He understands it. He knows it. So that's the whole premise. That's the reason why this pressure is here is to move you out of position. But for you and I, the church, what's our position? We stand firm. And what happens? Having done all to stand, what do we do? We continue to stand. If anything doesn't change our work, what do we do? We stand. We hold our place. We hold the line of the gospel. This is what we continue to push forward. Army, our question is not, oh, why is this all happening? There's an enemy, and he's come to steal, kill, and to destroy. So what's our, chance of this, what's our stance as the church? Stand. 
And do what? Continue to preach. Continue to live like the gospel's true in our lives. Stick it to them. Don't let it in. There's nothing worse than all of a sudden, I mean, I, I remember, I mean, the teams that I joined, especially in the soccer world, I never had the experience of getting my butt kicked a whole lot, which I really am grateful for. The teams we were on, we were a lot of the winning side of teams. There was nothing better than walking onto a soccer field and the other team looking at you going, oh, they've come to destroy us. I love that. It's like, yeah, hey, we are. And it's relentless. We had a really good coach. And what happens? Well, if you're, like, this is not a mercy rule. You're winning 6 nothing. Let's let them score a few just to let them feel like they can play still. No, you keep going harder. I, my personality just really appreciates that. Maybe you all like, well, just give them a goal. Sure, fine, not for me. And especially when it comes to the devil, give him nothing. Not an inch, not a sight. Now, now, with all that being said and done, we have to remember a few things. And the first one is this. Ephesians 6.12 is crucial for us in this time. Because <laughs> is there people that you'd like to hurt? Yes. I'm putting up my hand because I have flesh. And yes, the temptation is there. I'd love to just be able to write things out and respond back. But then I have to delete it right away because that's not my fight. People are not the issue. Correct. Now, again, let's just remind ourselves, this is what the Spirit of God is reminding us. Your hand-to-hand combat is not with human beings. What is it with? But with the highest principalities and authorities operating in rebellion under the heavenly realms. For they are a powerful class of demon gods and evil spirits that hold this dark world in bondage. So that's just right there. we got to put that where it is. That's reality. My fight is not a fight with flesh and blood. So what is my fight? My fight. I do have a fight. But again, we also have to learn how to fight. Now, I want you again just to remind you, do I have that, do I have that picture up there again, guys? I don't know if I do or not. But Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 6, do you see that? Again, this was just a good reminder. I want to just put it in your eyes again. I'm not, I, can't, I forgot the quote of it. But when an eagle goes to pick up a snake, they do not fight on the ground. Why? Because the devil or the snake is crafty on the ground. He's smart and he's deadly when on the ground. So an eagle will pick it up and he will bring the fight to a higher level than just the natural ground. You and I, we're not called to be snakes. We're called to be as cunning as them, but we're not called to be it. We're really, I mean, that's why we got pictures of eagles everywhere. Right? We like eagles. Why? Because they soar. You and I are called to soar. And so part of this is we have to take and elevate the battle from the natural world and we have to bring it up to a higher level. This is how I fight my battles. We go from a place of a higher authority and we pray from this perspective where we reside with God. And Ephesians 2.6 really brings that out. This isn't just a cute verse for you and I. This is reality. So we've got to take these verses that we've heard for so long and now we've got to personally apply it to my life. What does it say? He has raised me from the dead with who? With Christ. And what did he do? Come on, you know that word seated. If you do history on that word seat, any time that a king would go into war, what happens after they had defeated another king or another country? They would, uh, they would take that king in, obviously, and that king would sit down. The, the king that won would sit to show it's a finished work. What Jesus did, and he joined us along with him, is he caused us to sit. Come say with me, Sit. To sit where? In heavenly places in Christ Jesus. This is where I fight. I fight from a place of a finished work. We're not fighting for victory. We fight from it. Come on, say that with me. I fight from victory. 
That's a whole different mindset, a whole different perspective. I'm not fighting to see things changing. This just has to change. Has to. We already come from a place of it's already a finished work. So what do I do? I now command and I demand as I'm led by the Spirit of God to release the presence of God through my vocal cords into the changes in the atmosphere. This is still a word-run planet. Death and life are in the power of the tongue, not a disease. In the tongue. You and I, we've got to continue to keep the battle where the battle is. The battle is in our words. The battle is in what we say. Our battle is in who we are yielding to. Am I talking to the army this morning? It's just a reminder again, right? Now, I just want to remind us again this morning who we are. We are victorious because of Jesus. None of this is because of who we are, how good we are. It's all because of Him. Let me give you these verses. 1 Corinthians 15, 57. I'm going to just shoot these up here. This is just a reminder. You already know this, but it's good to get reminded on it. It says, but we thank God for what? Giving. Come on, say it with me. Giving. Giving us the victory as conquerors through our Lord Jesus Christ. Again, you read this in context. This is actually victory over death. The freedom and the liberty to be free from the fear of death. What happens? You die. Awesome. Guess where you're going? Your next breath will be, oh, hey, oh my goodness. Are you kidding me? You know what the worst thing in the world is? Dying without knowing him. But hey, for a believer, and listen, there's been a few things that a lot of people have gone home to be with the Lord that I know of in these past couple of weeks. But guess what? Guess where they are? <laughs> That changes everything. So thanks be unto God. Who what? Who always causes us to triumph. Where? In Christ Jesus. So say that word be always. And that word always literally mean always. But it's also a continuous victory. Continuous. It's not you get a victory once in a while over here and then maybe not over here. It is a continuous victory because of what Jesus has done. Second verse is this. Second Corinthians chapter 2 verse 14. Now, I want you to just really look at these words. It says, God always. Come on, see that, always. you got to really look at these words. When I get into the Scriptures and I start studying these things, you got to pull these word by words apart. God always? That means He's always doing something. What is He always doing? He always makes His grace visible. means easy to see where? In Christ, in the anointed one and in His anointing. It's always visible. Then he says, who now includes us, come on, say it with me, I'm included, who includes us as partners of his endless triumph. Who's always in triumph? Me? You? Me? Who? You? Me? You? Me? You? Us? Why? Through our yielded lives, now he continues to spread the fragrance of the knowledge of God everywhere we go. Constantly. Cause it with me constantly. He is always including us in the endless triumph that he has. So this morning when we get into this, we're going to find out the importance now of hearing him. Hearing him. This is crucial for victory. Next verse, look at this. I got to get you hyped up before I get you calmed down. Romans 5.17. It says this, For if because of one man's trespass, his lapse or his offense, death reigned through that one, much more surely will those 
who received God's overflowing grace. Who's received his overflowing grace? I have. If you've accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, what does that put you in? A category where you have received his unmerited favor, his kindness on steroids. I, that just came out. But that's what it is. It's just so much kindness that you don't know what to do with it. It says you've received that overflowing grace, and now you've also received the free gift of righteousness. Notice what he says. What happens to them? Because you are in right standing with God. He now, you as, as on this earth, you reign as kings. How? In this life, through sorry, through who? Through the one man, Jesus Christ. So this has got to become our mindset, church, no matter what comes our way. My mindset is this, is that I am a king on this earth now. I rule and I reign. I'm a conqueror because of Jesus now. No matter what comes your way, a diagnosis comes your way, I reign as a king in life. See, rather than fighting to get healed, you're fighting from a place of I am healed and the enemy's trying to put sickness on me. It's a totally different mindset. And honestly, this is what separates a lot of you and I from a lot of what other body of Christ members believe. We still think, a lot of people out there still think, we got to try to get God to do something. He's already done it. So when the mindset comes in, he's already given me the victory. Now I fight from a different perspective. I fight from, I already got it. I'm not fighting to get it. I'm not fighting to hopefully something just takes place. If you just have enough faith, all that is religious gunk. The reality is, I already got it. So what am I in the process now of doing? Renewing my mind to the place of, I am convinced, just as much as I'm convinced that I'm a child of the Almighty God, if I were to get shot today, I know where I'm going. Sure, cry a tear, but after that, have a huge party because I know where I am. <laughs> I told my wife this a little while ago, there's a song that I really enjoy from one of my our good friends, Go Ministries in the States. They wrote this song, it's called Alive. And it's like, you make me come alive. And I said, if the Lord doesn't come back and I pass away, that is my funeral song. <laughs> Jump all over that thing. You make me come alive. And just play air guitar. Have a, it's a party. But it's a totally different mindset. Whereas instead, like we are victims on this earth just trying to get by. That is not what Jesus died for. That is not what Jesus rose again from the dead for. Jesus died for a glorified, resurrected body who reigns in this life. <sighs> now, is, do we believe that? All right. And last verse, let me give you this. Romans eight seventeen. This is all just so delicious. The wild hogs are eating this morning. <laughs> okay. It says, since we are his true children... We qualify. Say it with me. I qualify. You need to believe that. I qualify. What do I qualify for? I qualify to share all his treasures. For indeed, I am his heir, the heir of God himself. And since we are joined to Christ, we also inherit all that he is and all that he has. Now, we will experience being co-glorified with him, provided that we accept his sufferings as our own as well. But isn't this just wonderful to know? Everything he is, everything he has belongs to me because I'm an heir of God and I'm a joint heir with him. Let this absolutely just wash over your soul, your mind, 
This is who I am. That no matter what we face in these coming days, this is the mindset I go into. I'm a joint heir with Jesus. I'm an heir of the almighty God. How's that going to solve all these issues? I don't know. We're not try- you and I aren't trying to fix what's going on out there. You and I are here to release the atmosphere of heaven everywhere we go. Y'all, do you understand what we're saying? We have got to be more mindful of releasing as ambassadors for Christ where we're sent from rather than trying to fix a broken system. The emphasis is releasing, not trying to fix because that's where burnout happens. Trying to fix stuff. And of course, I'm not saying that we don't take stands. I'm not saying any of that. But what I'm saying is let's be more mindful of who we are first. And so wherever I go, I now release a certain something wherever I go. When I walk into a mall, I'm bringing freedom with me. I'm clothed with him. <laughs> Jesus doesn't just show up when times are good and things are you no know, supposedly nice and bandaged over. He shows up in the darkest of darks. Light always penetrates darkness. Now, who you identify yourself to will determine your response to any situation. So if you're going to identify with the world, well, good luck to you. That's, you're basically screwed. Let me just put it as simple as you can possibly be. You're thinking like them. You're acting like them. You spend so much time watching CNN, so much time watching CBC, CTV, all that stuff that's out there. And what's happening, it's trying to get to somewhere. It's not just trying to impart knowledge to you. You don't need more knowledge. Lord have mercy. <laughs> What we need is some revelation from the word of God. We need truth being exposed, and that's who we is. But as long as I keep staring and opening and and yielding myself to whatever's going on up there, no wonder you're scared. No wonder you're constantly living in fear. Why? Because you're putting your attention on it. So what do we do? Incline my ear. Incline it. Listen, this is the word is for today, y'all. This word works in 2021. Okay, now, let me move on here. So now, as the victorious people of Jesus... What is our proper response on this planet? Does anybody remember what we talked about real briefly, three things last week? Number one is this. How do I respond to the pressure? Is that I continue to advance in strength. How? Look at this, 2 Timothy 3.14. You must continue. It says evil men will go from bad to worse. Deceiving or deceived and they'll continue to deceive. So it's going to get darker and darker and more nuts than it is now. How could it get more nuttier? Wait till 2022. The world is nuts. Listen, the world is nuts. So what do we do? Oh, dear God. Oh, dear God. i got to watch more news. i got to watch more news. See if I could just do anything. No, what do we do? I must continue to advance. How? In strength with the truth wrapped around my heart. Not politics. Not what everybody a thousand one opinions of. What COVID is, what it's not. With the truth wrapped around my heart. Doesn't matter how sick people. Lay hands on them. That's our, that's our kingdom, y'all. It's a whole different mindset. Are we okay? Just, maybe it's just me. I'm just, come on. With the truth wrapped around your heart. Being assured of that God is the one that taught you all these things. That's numero uno. Number two is, we are not going to let the pressure in. Instead, I'm going to introduce the pressure to the word. So they say this about you, or they say this about certain group. They say this about some other people. Anybody feeling the pressure? That pressure comes. The pressure comes on you. It feels like a whole lot, and it's emotional, and it's sad. It's anger. It's... It's everything wrapped up in this. What do I do with it? I have to introduce pressure, all these feelings. Here's the word. 
This has the answer for you. you got to introduce it to the Word. And let the Word now take the responsibility for what it's supposed to do. And this is where we said Philippians 1 verse 27. Whatever happens, keep living your lives based on the reality of the gospel of Christ. So no matter what, when pressure comes, I'm going to release a sound that my life is responding to the word rather than reacting to what's being said. I have to respond properly, right? And thirdly, we talked about we got to turn the joy up. (laughs) You don't need to hear a good joke. You have the fruit of the Spirit. The joy of God is on the inside of you right now. All you have to do is just start opening your mouth. And, go, <laughs> and it may at first sound like a little bit of fake have to get in there, but you got to prime that pump. I believe this, though. The Lord is delivering the seriousness of the situation that we're in in the church. we got to be delivered. We think God wants us to be so serious. He sits in the heavens and he laughs. Why, did the, why is he laughing? Because he says, this says, all of mankind, the kings of this earth, set themselves in place against God and his anointed one. So it's not really after you, it's after him. And what does God do? <laughs> he sits in the heavens and he laughs. And so if that's his response, the father's response, right? What's our response? Psalm 511. It says, let all those rejoice who put their trust in you. How do you know if I'm trusting God? I'm happy. Come on, say it with me. I'm happy. But did you see what's going on? No, 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 no. It's not based on circumstances. It's not based on what I see or what I don't see. It is based on where my trust is. I trust the Lord with all my heart. So what am I going to do? I'm going to rejoice. Put up another restriction. Woo! I'm not going to let the devil think this is working for a minute. I'm preaching to myself right now. I had, I had quite the week this week. So for me, what am I doing? I have to, on purpose, I had to have a little dance party in my office this week. Not just once. I'm talking regularly. And how long did I have to do it? I had to do it until my attitude changed. Because I'm mad. I'm frustrated. I'm sad. There's a lot of things going on. So what do I do? I trust you. Honestly, it started like this. I trust you. I trust you. I'd like to hit them, but boy, do I trust you. Oh, Lord, help me. Help me, Jesus. Help me. And after a little while, what did I start doing? I started thinking on everything that is pure, that is lovely, that's a good, a good report. I thought, I'm not going to hell. I'm not, I'm not going to hell. That's what I'm talking about, Satan. Guess what? You're going. I'm not. You're going to burn that like a fire. I'm not. And you just start to, ah. And the burden that was once trying to come on, That pressure, it lifts. Why? You and I are not designed to carry it. No matter how cool you think you are, how tough you are, we are not created to carry what's going on. Evil men will go from bad to worse. So what do I do? I'm just going to look at you, Lord. I trust you. Now, what does victory look like? This is the thing I wanted to get to this morning. And 1 John 5, verse 4 I want to just share this with, with us this morning because I believe this is part of our victory. So, of course, I'm going to continue to do this. I'm going to up my joy. You better believe it. I'm going to laugh. I'm going to laugh. You know what I love about having young kids in this season? Is they laugh all the time. All the time. <laughs> the most ridiculous things. Stepped on a crab apple because i got a ton of those crab apples now. I just, my foot stinks. And it turns into a five-minute hysterical event. So what am I going to do? 
I'm going to smell those feet and laugh with you. Turn up the joy. Turn it up. Because again, what's the joy? The joy of the Lord is my strength. Not how serious, not how crazy, not how depressed, not how right I am in my opinion. Not all the politics. That doesn't do nothing for me except now deplete me of everything that I hold dear. Including my energy. Wake up, find out there's no energy. What's going on? i got to turn the joy up. So what we'll do is we'll just laugh. We'll just actually, I'm going to enjoy my life. Is that possible to do in 2021? (laughs) Totally depends on who you're identifying with. If you're going to go with Jesus, you better believe there's lots to laugh and there's lots to celebrate. But if you're going to continually look at yourself as, I'm a Canadian stuck in Canada, living in Alberta, living in Randy, with all these drinks, it's going to be miserable. Come on, say it with me, miserable. And then you walk around and you come to church, you know, glory to God, you know, I wonder where God's going to do something about all this. Whoa, 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 whoa. That's none of your business. <laughs> and moving right along then. Okay, 1 John chapter 5, verse 4. All right, it says this. See, now everybody, it says the word see. Every time I see these words see or behold or look in the Bible, it doesn't just mean, oh, look at this verse. It means you got to see this. The eyes of your heart have got to lay hold on this and you've got to see it. It says, see, every, who's every? That's me. Every child of God overcomes the world for our faith is the victorious power that triumphs over the world. Again, this is not just to make you feel good scripture for Sunday. This is supposed to impact Monday through Saturday as well. Now, I am a world overcomer. That is your identity. That's who you are. You are a world overcomer. I might not be overcoming. It's because you don't know how to use the tool yet. What's the tool for overcoming life? It's faith. What's faith? I'm able to see beyond what is seen. Does that make sense? You ever, anybody ever played that VR before? I want to use this as a little illustration. VR, what happens? You have to put on these virtual reality goggles on, and now what happens? You are living in a whole other world. You've left the one that you currently live in. You put on these goggles, and all of a sudden, I'm in a cabin in the mountains. Wow. And you see people, I don't know if you've ever seen these videos, but they're just walking around, and they're like looking at all these things and go, man, that's beautiful. Meanwhile, they're staring at like a stair- stairwell. There's nothing to look at, but they're living in a whole other world. The Word of God... When you put on the word of God as your sight, I need to see with the eye of faith, it gives you a completely different picture. What does the picture tell you? It says you're an overcomer. Well, I don't, I don't see it. It's because you're living in a natural, you kept the natural goggles on. You're constantly looking for the natural goggles to change. The natural goggles don't change. So what do we do? I got to put on my faith goggles. That's why they think you're nuts. Anybody ever been called nuts yet this year? You guys are stupid. You don't want to know why? It's because we live with our goggles on from the reality and the truth of that realm. And that realm, click, the faith realm, is more real than the one that you and I are currently living in. More real. How can we sing, freedom reigns in this place? No, it sure doesn't. I'm six feet apart. I can't do nothing. Showers of mercy. I sure don't feel nothing. Put on the goggles. Lord have mercy, put them on. Why are people angry? It's because they don't have their faith goggles on. Put the goggles on and keep them down there. But I'm a realist. I just want to see. No, keep them down. You're way nicer when they're on. (laughs) 
moving along. Okay. What faith, and I mean, this, and there, there, in the scriptures you find out there's the fight of faith. And what is the fight of faith? It's really holding on to the eternal word of God. Regardless of what happens, that's, this is where the fight comes in, is you hold on to the word regardless. But this is the part that I believe the Lord really wants you and I just to, to lean into this morning and really for these upcoming days. But the, in faith, there's also a rest. I've been sensing in my heart, I don't know what else to do. I, I, I don't know what else to do. I've prayed. I've sought the Lord. And it's not that he hasn't heard me. But part of it, I just had this sense on the inside, is some of y'all need to rest. Rest in, the, in what Jesus has already accomplished and said. When you rest, he can work. And a lot of times, what's better than, you know, I mean, listen, we're in the front line. The church is here. We are on this planet to be the, the resistance, to be the stop from what's going on here. Absolutely. But listen, you are not the power source. You don't have it. You have the power of God in you, but you aren't the source of it. Where's the source? It comes from him. You can read that in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, where Paul talks about, man, I've been pressed on every side, yet I'm not crushed. Why is that? He talks about this glory, this beautiful treasure that's in these earthen vessels. So a lot of times when the pressure comes on the vessel, a lot of times we think, I have to respond properly. i got to make the change. i got to be the one that do all these types of things. No, wait a minute. You are not the power source. You're the vessel for how it flows. Don't burn out fighting a natural battle. Not worth it. You and I, more higher than that, is we elevate ourselves. Lord, what do I do in this situation? What can I say in a situation where there may be some tension, there's some argument, division trying to come in? Lord, what do I do? The church doesn't need to be louder. We need to be more strategic. And part of the strategic in that is going, I only hear or say what I hear my Jesus telling me to do. Pressure will always come. Jesus, when he was, all of a sudden, when he was teaching the crowd, the woman who was caught in the act of adultery, thrown in the middle of them, the religious rulers, where they say, Moses says, stone them. What do you say? Trying to trick them. Trying to trap them. I've experienced this now. Where all of a sudden, you're supposed to say something or give a quote or something so they can misuse it against you. So what do you do? And means it while he's, while he's there. Come on, G. What do you say about this? Look at her. Look at her. She was just caught in this act. What are you going to do about it? <laughs> what is he doing? I am not moving out of my emotion. I'm not moving at my ticked off anger. I am moving in response to what the Spirit of God is leading me to do. That is the victory. That's faith. Faith is hearing from Him. Faith isn't just, I'm going to throw a Bible verse on this and that's it. I've experienced it simply just even from my health. I've seen people, oh, I'm believing God for my health. I'm believing God for my health. First Peter 2.24, because that's what they've memorized all these years. And God's telling you, go to bed earlier and stop eating sugar. No, First Peter 2.24, Reese's Pieces, nom, 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 ice cream, nom, 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 nom. I'm just believing God for my healing. He told you to sleep and cut sugar. Well, bless be God, I don't eat chips if I want to. And you wonder, they died early. Why is that? You're not hearing him. You're not listening to what he told you. You can't, you can't ignore the leadings of the Spirit of God and just slap a scripture on it. 
The church, we are called and we are led how? By the Spirit of God. That's how we are led. Just throwing Bible verses at things doesn't change anything. I'm stepping on some toes, and that's okay. And the reality is, it's so crucial that we hear from him. God, what do you say? And in that back to that story, I left that woman in adultery standing there. Sorry, lady. But now what happened? Jesus stood up. If any man among you has sin. Listen, the law, the Torah said, stoner. The word said, stoner. Holy Ghost, <laughs> what do I do? Listen, we, this is Jesus. He's, he wasn't acting as God on this earth. What do I do? Okay, yep. If any man among you has ever, you know, not sinned, cast the first stone. One by one, they all dropped and looked at her and said, where are your accusers? They're gone, Lord. He says, I don't condemn or neither do I condemn you. Go and sin no more. How did that come? Not being pressured from a very, very powerful and very awkward situation. Listen, awkward situations are just going to continue to come. So what do we do? And I don't, like, if God, <laughs> get in your word. But <laughs> just say, somebody talks to you, we don't have a whole lot of dust here, you're just going to start writing in the snow. But you, you can do that too. But I want to show you from this now, this is so crucial, but at the time that we are in, have faith in God. Have faith in God. Come on, say with me. Have faith in God. There's some things that only he can do. Now, I want you to look at this story in Exodus chapter 14. And this has got 31 verses in it. Guess what? We're going to read them all. But from verses 1 through 4, you're going to, give, you're going to see God gives the fine print to Israel. Verses, I'm going to just tell you this because it's really cool if you see this. Verses 5 through 12, the people freak out. Verses 13 and 14, Moses, their leader, reassures the people of God's character. And then verses 15 through 18, God confirms and gives further instruction. Verses 19 through 31, God goes to work on behalf of the Israelites. It's kind of a cycle, right? So let's look at this. Verse 1, here's the fine print of, this is the fine print of God speaking to Moses. It says, then the Lord, who's talking? The Lord. The Lord gave these instructions to Moses. So now listen to these instructions. Ready? Order the Israelites to turn back and camp by Pihaheroth between Migdol and the sea. Camp there along the shore across from Baal Zephon. Verse 3. Now notice this. This is the Lord still speaking. It says, then Pharaoh, look at this. Then Pharaoh will think the Israelites are confused. They are trapped in the wilderness. Verse 4. And once again, I will harden Pharaoh's heart and he will chase after you. Who's speaking? See, a lot of times, I know I've read this story many, many, many times, but a lot of times you just kind of think, oh, Pharaoh was ticked off. I should never have done this. The Lord told Moses exactly what was going to happen. What's going to get happen? It's going to look like it's going to get worse. Naturally speaking, it's going to look it's going to get worse, and it's going to look like you're done. He's going to chase after you. I've planned this in order to display my glory through Pharaoh and his whole army. After this, the Egyptians will know that I am the Lord. So the Israelites camped there as they were told. Verse 5. Verse, surely enough, when the word reached the king of Egypt that Israelites had fled, Pharaoh and his officials changed their minds. What have we done letting all those Israelite slaves get away, they asked. So Pharaoh harnessed his chariot and called up his troops. 
He took with him 600 of Egypt's best chariots along with the rest of the chariots of Egypt, each with its commander. The Lord hardened the heart of Pharaoh, the king of Egypt, so he chased after the people of Israel who had left with their fists raised in defiance. Verse 9, the Egyptians chased after them with all the forces in Pharaoh's army, all his horses and chariots, his charioteers and his troops. The Egyptians caught up with the people of Israel as they were camped beside the shore near that across from Baal Zephon. Verse 10, as Pharaoh approached, the people of Israel looked up and they panicked when they saw the Egyptians overtaking them. They cried out to the Lord and they said to Moses, why did you bring us out here to die in the wilderness? Remember the fine print? We jump so quickly to this type of stuff, but God already told them what's going to happen. It's going to look worse for you guys, but don't worry. Why did you do this? Weren't there enough graves of us in Egypt? Why have you, what have you done to us? Why did you make us leave Egypt? Didn't we tell you this would happen while you were still in Egypt? We said, leave us alone. Let us be slaves to the Egyptians. It's better to be a slave in Egypt to be a corpse in the wilderness. Now, this isn't just one or two people talking. This is two and a half million people shouting at Moses. Talk about pressure. You got a ticked off Jewish bunch of people. You got Pharaoh who just hates the living daylights out of you. And you have a sea. Now, imagine being Moses. One, two, three. What are you going to do? Moses now, I love this part, he reassured them. Moses told the people, don't be afraid. Just, uh, this is the part where the Lord has just really been getting me. Stand still and watch the Lord rescue you today. Come on, say this with me. Don't be afraid. Just stand still and watch the Lord rescue you today. Now, we don't put a demand on, okay, God, now, we're just saying, Lord, we trust you. You will rescue this nation. We heard the words that have gone forth. God is not done with this nation. So, again, what do we do? We hold fast to that confession of what God has said. Listen, evil talks louder. Evil talks so much. God is very careful with when he speaks. Why? Because he's bound to do it. That's part of it. Evil just talks, 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 talks. You're a news broadcast 24-7. Whenever you need the latest updates, come find us. I look at it and go, evil, all over it. You know what the false prophet is today? Media. Constantly talking, constantly jabbering. And meanwhile, you have the Father in heaven. If you were just to look up at him and see what he's doing. And it tells us that we're supposed to imitate him. So what do we do? I'm not going to join in the loudness. God, what are you saying? What's strategic here? The Egyptians you see today will never be seen again. Oh, come on, somebody. Verse 14. The Lord himself. Now, this is the part. The Lord himself will fight for you. Just stay calm. Basically, God's telling the Israelites, take a chill pill. I did that with my wife once. For some strange reason, when you offer a chill pill to somebody, and I like, I remember, I remember I gave it to you, Jane? Said, Our first year of marriage. I said, here, here. I gave it, eat it. And she actually took, and she sped it on the ground. I was like, ooh, we feisty today. I like this kind of a woman. Come on, girlfriend. It, I thought it was going to go one way. Clearly it didn't, so. <laughs> but just when you tell somebody, just chill out. It doesn't really work. 
But in this case, our Lord and God, I believe he's saying this to us today. Other translations say, hold your peace. There's two ways that you can take that. Hold your peace meaning shut up. Or hold your peace literally meaning hold your peace. The peace that passes all understanding. And how do I hold on to it? I'm not going to just shout out. I'm going to hold my peace. Why? I trust the Lord. He is fighting for me. I believe this with all my heart, church. This is part of the season. What our fight, yes, we, of course we pray. Of course we worship. Of course we do all those things. But there's also times in battle, you got to learn to rest in what God has already done. You and I are not God. You are not the Savior of the world. You're not the one to change and fix Red Deer. Our job is to hold on to what he told us, is to release what he said to us, and release and bring an atmosphere of the kingdom of God wherever I go. I, I know this because I, I know some of you are thinking this because I felt this way. Well, I got to do something. I got to shout something. I got to beat somebody up. I got to do it. And then Jamie, of course, comes and just really calms me down to the place of why? Huh, it's a good question. Why? And so actually for myself, I'm kind of breaking down that thought a little bit going, because when I feel this pressure, and listen, this pressure that I feel, a lot of times it's self-inflicted. I put this pressure on me because I think people out there need me to respond and do something for them. I'm not God. I'm not God. I never will be. I can only do what he tells me to do and to stay in the lane that I'm called to stay in. So but I just want to relieve you. Your, pre- your job is not to fix your work. Your job is not to fix everything that's going around. Your job is to do what God has asked you to do in this situation. And I believe part of this fight is the Lord telling you and I, stay calm. Stay calm. Is that easy to do? Nope. Not at all. Why? Because there is a lot of pressure on the outside, but I'm not going to let it get in. Because if I let it get in, I will say something I'm going to regret. I'm going to say something that causes me to leave my post. I will not leave my post of authority. This position right here is the most powerful position. Satan himself can't get to it. And you all have that same spot. We doing okay? I'm still, still friends here. I'm not? Okay. You can punch Julian after the service if you're mad at anything. <laughs> Love you, Julian. Let me know who hits you, though. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just kidding. Okay, what verse was I on again? Verse 15. Okay, then the Lord said to Moses, why are you crying out to me? Do you see this? Why are you doing this? Tell the people, get going. Get moving. Verse 16. Pick up your staff and raise your hand over the sea. Divide the water so the Israelites can walk through the middle of the sea on dry ground. God always finds a way of escape. Pharaoh's there, angry Jews are there, here I am, there's a sea there. What does God say? Lift up your head, spark the sea. You ain't stuck, keep going. Government says this, news says this, my friends say this, the friends that I thought I had say this, there's just a lot of this. Guess what? There's always a way of escape, always. Devil thinks it's only A, B, God says C. That's why multiple choice, I always put C, it just always seemed to work. Because they're trying to hide the answer in there somewhere. D is just, that's ah, a little too far out there. A and B, yeah, C, it's always C. Anybody else do that on Scantron? Come on now, that's what I'm, C it is. C, 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 C. Once I did it all in C's, I actually got 62%. 
graduated. <laughs> Yours truly. <laughs> All right. Continuing on. Stay with the Lord here, guys. Come on. I... So keep moving forward. And God says, and I will harden the hearts of the Egyptians, and they will charge in after the Israelites. My great glory will be displayed through Pharaoh and his troops, his chariots, and all of his charioteers. When my glory is displayed through them, all Egypt will see my glory and know I am the Lord. <laughs> Man, I think God just rolling up his sleeves. Come on now, let's, let's do this, Canada. I'm not finished yet, Canada. But church, calm down. Not in the sense of, like, I'm not saying what you're doing is wrong. I'm not saying any of that. But I'm saying remember where your strength comes from. Remember who leads you. Right? Okay. When my glory is displayed, oh yeah, verse 19, then the angel of God who had been leading the people of Israel moved to the rear of the camp. The pillar of cloud also moved from the front and stood behind them. It says, the cloud settled between the Egyptian and the Israelite camps. As darkness fell, the cloud turned to fire, lighting up the night. But the Egyptians and the Israelites did not approach each other all night. Why? Untouchable. If you stay in what God has told you, you and I are untouchable. COVID what? Untouchable. I'm going to stay in my place, stay in my authority, stay in my seat. Because the reason why the enemy wants me off is so that I can say something stupid, do something stupid. And what happens? I'm an open target for the enemy to come at me now. I'm going to stay in my lane. I'm going to stay in my spot. And I am untouchable. Sneeze on me all you want. Untouchable. Y'all think, well, it's kind of gross. Yeah, but it will not come on me. Next. Do we believe that, church? Or is this just kind of hocus pocus and, you know, we got to start thinking and believing this stuff. Now, I'm not just saying, hey, come and sneeze on me. Try it. I'm not, I'm not saying that. We don't test the Lord in any of that stuff. But what I'm saying is I'm confident in who my God is. Even if it didn't work. Guess where I'm going next? Him. I'm fine. Anyway. Then Moses raised his hand over the sea, and the Lord opened up a path through the water with a strong east wind. The wind blew all that night, turning the seabed into dry land. So the people of Israel walked through the middle of the sea on dry ground with walls of water on each side. Man, it says, now then the Egyptians, all of Pharaoh's horses, chariots, and charioteers, chased them into the middle of the sea. But just before the dawn, the Lord looked down on the Egyptian army from the pillar of fire and cloud, and he threw their forces into total confusion. Who did it? The Lord did it. He twisted their chariot wheels, making their chariots difficult to drive. Let's get out of here, away from these Israelites, the Egyptians shouted. The Lord is fighting for them against Egypt. When all the Israelites had reached the other side, the Lord said to Moses, raise your hand over the sea again. Then the waters will rush back and cover the Egyptians and their chariots and charioteers. So as the sun began to rise, walking through that during the middle of the night, that's something else. 
Moses raised his hand over the sea, and the water rushed back into its usual place. The Egyptians tried to escape, but the Lord swept them into the sea. Then the waters returned and covered all the chariots and charioteers, the entire army of Pharaoh, all of the Egyptians who had chased the Israelites into the sea. Not a single one of them survived. But the people of Israel had walked through the middle of the sea on dry ground as the water stood up like a wall on both sides. That is how the Lord rescued Israel from the hand of the Egyptians that day and the Israelites saw the bodies of the Egyptians washed up on the seashore when the people of Israel saw the mighty power that the Lord had unleashed against the Egyptians they were filled with awe at the end of all this you know what we're going to be at church we're going to be going why The church held their position. And part of that position is not just. Lord, I don't know what to do, but my eyes are on you. They put their faith in the Lord and in his servant Moses. And it after that, you just did chapter 15. It's just a song. A song burst out, and we kind of sing it in kids' class. You know, the rider and the chariots all fell in the water. But done. Goodbye, Pharaoh. Like, just sang and rejoiced and praised God. It was amazing. But what was the key in all this? You have to hear from him and respond to what he's saying. God told them, this is what's going to happen. He told them, lift up your staff. Reach over. You have to hear from him. So, church... We aren't going to win this war just you and I being the church. We have to be really clear and very straight up on that. We as a church will not just win it because, oh, I'm part of the ecclesia, so there. That means nothing in this world unless you are connected and vitally united to the vine. I have got to hear from God. What is he telling me to do? What is he telling me to post? This is huge, church. This is huge for us. I'm not saying that we don't just don't just sit back and do nothing. No, no, no. We have to be strategic. Because I've had people say, why aren't you doing more? I haven't been told. I don't need a word to not do something. I heard this from Pastor Keith Moore. I don't need a word to do something. I need a word, sorry, I don't need a word to not do something. I need a word to do something. Why aren't you doing this? I haven't heard anything. Why don't you go do with that? I haven't heard anything. Well, you got to do something. You're the church. The pressure from the church people is even there. So what do we do? I haven't heard. What do I want to do? i got to be in militant step with him. If he says it, you better believe I will be on it like a fat kid on cake. I will be on that so fast. Why? Because that's our call. That's what we're supposed to be doing. But as long as we are just shooting and praying and hoping one sticks and hoping one changes and hoping one does this. We are just adding to what's going on out there where you and I are called to be strategic in our militant act. Last verse is this. Why would you come up here for a moment? Thank you. So I'm going to just give you these last verses. And part of this church, I just really want you and I just to take a moment to actually rest in who our God is. Rest in the fact that he's got you in the palm of his hand. He loves you. You cannot touch the apple of God's eye and get away with it. 
All of this, regardless of what your political view, get the politics out of this whole thing. This is a fight against light and dark. Satan hates people. God loves people. Just break it down to the very rawness of what this all is. It's not a vax versus unvax. It's a mask versus unmask. It's nothing to do with that at all. All of this is a hatred between Satan and God and God's love for his people and his hatred towards evil. This is what it is. So just break it down for what it actually is. Can can you see that? Your political views. Okay. (laughs) What matters is whose side you're on. They're going to kick me out of my job. I'm going to lose my job. Rest. Fight. Of course, do your due diligence. Do what you got to do. And man... Do, do that. I'm not saying don't do anything. I'm saying take a stand on that. But when having done everything to do, this was happened in 2 Chronicles chapter 20, verse 12. This is when the Israelites were encamped by four armies on every side. That number, it says that the army of those enemies outnumbered the grains of sand. And this is what they did. God, we don't know what to do, but our eyes are fixed on you. Isaiah, Psalm 62, verse 2, let me read this to you. I stand silently to listen for the one I love, waiting as long as it takes. Now, it doesn't mean tarry. That's, don't, don't go back into old religious. The waiting game just means I'm entwining my heart with him. It's not this. It's, okay, God, I'm just, I'm resting in you. I wait as long as it takes for the Lord to rescue me. For God alone has become my Savior. The government's not my savior. The hospital is not my savior. Nothing else is my savior. Who is my savior? God alone is. It says verse 2, He alone is my safe place. His wraparound presence always protects me. For he is my champion defender. There's no risk of failure with God. Can you read that with me? There's no risk of failure with God. One more time. There's no risk of failure with God. So why? If there's no risk of failure with God, why would I let worry paralyze me? Even when troubles multiply. (laughs) Guess what's going to happen this week? Troubles are going to multiply. I'm not prophesying. That's just the way things are going. So what do we do? I refuse to fear. I'm not going to let fear paralyze me. I'm not going to be moved. I'm not going to be shaken from my post because there's no risk of failure with my God. And when I'm in unison with him, guess what? There's no, no risk of failure in me. I will not go down. Say it with me. I will not go down. I will not be defeated. I cannot be defeated. And I will not quit. I felt something on that. We got to say that one more time. I will not be defeated. I will not quit. I will not stop. And just this morning, can we all just stand up together? I'm going to just give this opportunity for you. Wyatt is just going to play on the keys a little bit this morning. I want the music just to minister to you. And the reason why, did you know, I've been actually listening to a couple messages from some of my friends in the States. And one of them, she was just a little bit about um, her mom passed away suddenly. 
And she was just saying their little daughter, who was eight years old now, is, had, was grieved and like just so many questions. Like, what's, what's going on? How, how come she died? What, what, we pray. We did all these types of things. All those variables, the questions and the, how, how is this? Not, I, don't, I don't get it. I don't get it. And she said, we spoke the word to her. We gave her scripture. We gave her word. We prayed over her. We declared over her. And all that is good. But it's the word and the spirit that breaks the yoke of bondage. So all of a sudden, as they were, she said, they were just sitting in their living room and another family member came in there and just started playing the keys and just started singing a worship song. And this little eight-year-old girl ran over to her, hugged her, and just started bawling. It broke. It broke just like that. I had the same thing happen to me this past week, again, with all the emotion of things. I actually just sat and I just listened to some music for a sec and I just started weeping. Not because I'm a baby, but because I had to go, God, I have to, I have to release part of my frustration to you. I'm holding on to it because I think I can do something. And I have to just go here. Now, there's always a God side. There's always a man side. Don't, don't hear me wrong. Don't go all sovereignty on me now because that's not the case. But God, in his goodness and in his love for mankind, he has not dropped the ball. He will not. But for you and I, I think it's just so wise. When, when Saul was tormented by an evil spirit, David would come and just play that harp, and it says the evil spirit would leave. Not saying anybody's got an evil spirit, but it could very well be that you've yielded yourself to the anger and the frustration, and attached to that, there's an evil spirit behind that, and he's toying on your mind. I know he did me. Just constantly bombarding my mind to the point of I don't know what to do. So this morning what I want us to do is just let's can we just get our hands and our eyes on him. We just lift them up to you Father. And I'm not going to say anything which is amazing but just listen just to this music for a little bit. <laughs>